Good evening, everyone. It is now 5 o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM, and you are listening to Today in YGK. I'm your guest host, Dinah Jansen. And today we're chatting with Kingston City Councilors Jim Neal of the Williamsville District, Robert Kiley of the Trillium District, and Mary Rita Holland of the Kings Court Rideau District. We're chatting with them about the Ontario government's October 20th, 2020 amendment to the 1996 Municipal Elections Act, an amendment that removes the framework for conducting ranked ballot elections for offices on municipal councils. As many of our listeners will recall, over 60% of Kingston voters voted in a referendum to move to a ranked ballot system in 2018. So of course, Kingstonians will have a lot to say and perhaps even debate on this issue. And today we're going to hear from some of their representatives. Thank you, Jim, Robert, and Rita for joining us here in CFRC today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, folks, so before we get started, let's get back to basics before we really dig into the meat of the province's plans. Now, Mayor Patterson stated last week that he was disappointed for Kingston residents who spent time and effort learning about ranked balloting, the differences between systems, and their advantages and disadvantages. For a quick refresher for our listeners who may or may not have voted in the 2018 municipal referendum on this matter, what is ranked balloting? How does it work? And how is it different from the first pass the post system? Let's start with Robert. Yeah, ranked ballots essentially allow voters to, as it sounds like, rank their choices of candidates. So they can put one, two, three, four, five, however many candidates there are. And based on the regulations of the ranked ballot bylaw, um, voters can order the preference of candidates that they have. So if Jim, Mary, Reed, and I are running against each other, which I hope we never do. Um, <laughs> Voters could choose who they like first. So Mary Rita would obviously be first and then Jim and then me. Um, and that would allow something really important to happen, which is to have people have more voice in the election. So uh, I would get knocked off because not enough people voted for me as first. So people who did vote for me as first though, their second choice would go to whoever they um, ranked as their second choice. So it allows their voice to be carried through the election process and it makes sure that as many people as possible have their voice heard. That's the real key thing here. This is about deepening democracy. Um, and I'll let my colleagues fill in um, from there. But the key thing is that it, it deepens democracy. Okay, Jim, what are your thoughts? I, yeah, I just want to point out that it's really, really important. The important thing about ranked balloting is it's the closest thing uh, to electoral reform that would work in a municipal setting. Um, I've been, I've been on, sitting on councils where people were elected because there were five candidates and they were elected with 30 some percent of the vote. And because it's first past the post, that, that means that they win even though 65% uh, of the people uh, did not want them to represent them. So that for uh, the ranked ballot is, is the best form of electoral reform. And the mm -hmm. other thing, somebody should remind the premier that he's the premier because in the leadership convention, they used, a, the conservatives used a ranked ballot. And he didn't win on the first ballot, but he did subsequently because of the ranked ballot. And over to you, Mary Rita. Yeah, I'll just point out a couple of areas where I think ranked ballots um, bring a lot of 
potential benefit to the city of Kingston and to, to other municipalities or just collections in general, starting with um, creating more room for civility in public discourse mm -hmm. from the fact that uh, the, the ranking of choices means that when voters are looking at their options, they, they are looking at find those candidates that interact well together, let's say, or that find common ground because they want to see that overlap between their first and second choice. If their first choice doesn't continue, they want to be able to vote for the second choice and, and know that, the, that there is some commonality some, between those candidates. So I think that uh, civility in public discourse is something we really need right now. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, in terms of diversity of candidates and, and representation, ranked ballots do a lot better at, uh, first of all, incentivizing people to put their names forward from marginalized or diverse groups, and also in ensuring that the election outcome is a more balanced reflection of society. Great. Thank you all for breaking it down for us. So what's happening now? How did we learn that the province is moving to overturn frameworks for ranked ballot systems? Let's start with Jim. Yeah, the, the interesting thing is that there were a number of things under the emergency powers that uh, that the province and the premier had that were or were not related to COVID. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not convinced that this has anything to do with COVID uh, for a rationale for, for ignoring the clear majority of voters in Kingston. But there's other things that the province has done as well. For instance, they're going to be funding uh, a Christian school, private school, that supports, uh, that teaches anti-gay, anti, uh, and, and uh, has very, very strong feelings about things that public schools would not be engaging in. And so there's funds for whatever rationale that the premier claims as his powers under the COVID emergency act. So, so this is one of those questionable decisions that were made because the premier has extraordinary powers at currently. Okay, how about you, Mary Rita? It's okay, we, I learned about this during a council meeting actually, um, just or just prior to the beginning of our council meeting. So it was Tuesday when it was announced. And um, yeah, the, the rationale doesn't seem to be very coherent or very compelling. Thank you. Now let's hear from Robert. Yeah, I also learned that it, uh, during council, an email came in from our friends at Unlock Democracy, headed up by Dave Meslin, uh, explaining the situation. And I think at first blush, one of the rationales given, which doesn't make sense, and Mary Reed is precisely right, and we'll talk about it more later, I'm sure, is the cost. The Premier is using the idea that this is somehow going to be exorbitantly expensive, which is simply not true, and we can unpack that if you'd like. Um, and also that we shouldn't be burdening people with confusing electoral systems, which plays to Jim's point earlier. The Premier is the Premier because of ranked ballots. Every single major party in Canada both federally and provincially, uses ranked ballots. Um, so people are familiar with it from an electoral perspective. And also, 
obviously politicians uh, know what it is. So it's our job, I believe, and I think my colleagues agree to explain to the residents how they work. And it's actually not complicated at all. As we said, it's literally just numbering the choice that you want people to be elected in, and then the votes followed as they do. So um, I don't think the rationale given is fair, and I don't think that it's true. I think it's an insult uh, to the citizens. Uh, the suggestion is they can't count to two, three, or four. And anybody is welcome to what do what used to be called plumping their vote. If there's only one candidate who you feel is worthy of representing you, then you vote once. And so the system is not very complicated. Maybe it's complicated to the premier, but it isn't complicated to most people. Okay, I like how we've segued into a clip that we have here uh, of Ian Arthur, the MPP for Kingston and the Islands during question period last week at Queen's Park, where he cited the premier's motivations stemmed from apparent confusion about ranked ballot systems. And then... Ian Arthur's comments were followed by Parm Gill's comments. Parm Gill is the assistant to the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing. Let's listen to their comments. Again, this was that question period last week at Queen's Park. Member for Kingston and the Islands. Speaker, upon hearing of the government's surprise move to end ranked ballots, the Mayor of Kingston said this. I'm disappointed for the residents of Kingston who spent time and effort in 2018 learning about ranked ballots, understanding the differences in that system, weighing out the advantages and disadvantages, and ultimately casting a vote for what they thought was best. Yesterday, the Premier said that these ballots were confusing. I question how, when the Premier won his leadership on a ranked ballot system. And without it, I may very well be asking Premier Elliott a question right now. But I guess the Premier is actually just a little confused about how he actually ended up in the position that he is in. And just because they're confusing for him doesn't mean he can, should scrap them for all the people who, in Ontario who actually understand them and support them. Why is the government Question. using the pandemic to get rid of ranked ballots when voters in Kingston voted massively in favour of them? Thank you, Speaker. Member for Milton, Parliamentary Assistant. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I want to thank the member opposite for the question. Mr. Speaker, let me get this uh, on the record, Mr. Speaker. 443 out of the 444 municipalities in Ontario during the last 2018 municipal election used the first-past-the-post system. Mr. Speaker, the City of London was the only municipality to have used ranked ballots in Ontario. And their municipal election, Mr. Speaker, get this, costed $515,000 more than the previous election. That's 40% higher, order. Mr. Speaker. And Opposition come this, to order. Mr. Speaker. And they got the exact same election results that they would have under the previous system, Mr. Speaker. And I also like to remind the members, since he mentioned uh, City of Kingston, as outlined in the city's uh, staffing report in 2018, the City of Response. Kingston projected a 2022 municipal election would cost $1 million more, Mr. Speaker, under the rank balance. Mr. Speaker, we... Thank you. Okay, Thank so you having heard that, what are your thoughts on the province's motivations? And is there any debate among members of City Council on this issue? I understand there's at least one possibly two councillors who have expressed a disagreement with this, but there was a public 
uh, referendum on this. And if they choose to, to ignore 64% of the electorate in Kingston, then I would say, do it at your own peril. Mary Rita. So my, this is gonna sound really cynical, but uh, the motivation from my perspective is that the premier is not interested in greater diversity on municipal council. Uh, he's not interested in seeing that happen at the provincial level as well. It suits the province uh, and their agenda, their conservative agenda, to not be hearing from representatives of marginalized communities who uh, have been historically ignored by this government, uh, whose concerns about affordable housing, income security, uh, anti-black racism have not been addressed by, by the provincial government. Uh, and so my view is that it's an attempt to keep those voices suppressed. And how about you, Robert? Yeah, I think that was very well said. I also think that this is a direct slap in the face to local democracy. Councillor Neal mentioned the plebiscite, the referendum that was held. Uh, one thing I'd like to note about that in Kingston, being the first jurisdiction in North America to vote to get rid of first past the post after a series of failed referendums, especially in Canada over the last decade and a half. Um, of that percentage that voted for or yes, to move towards rank ballot, 63%, as Jim said. Only three councillors received that level of support in their own election. So it's very true that to say no to rank ballots after such a clear referendum is essentially to say no to democracy because every councillor except, I believe, was Councillor Stroud, Councillor Hutchison, and forgive me, I forget the third, received under 63%. So our mandates are not as clear as the mandate for rank ballots. And for the province to use statutory power over the municipality is essentially, um, yeah, just very disrespectful to the residents of Kingston. Okay, I'd like to follow up with the vein of this conversation a little bit more and learn more from you about what all of this suggests about the democratic system at maybe the municipal, provincial, and federal levels. In real terms, Ultimately, what are the limits of provincial authority here and what is the impact for Kingstonians if the amendment actually goes through? Can we start with you, Jim? Um, I, I think um, it's a slap in the face of democracy. And, um, you know, it, part of the rationale, and this is just me guessing, the reality is the Conservatives if, if the, there was ever a movement to make this uh, happen on the provincial election stage, uh, it's doubtful that the Conservatives would get elected again. Because uh, the reality of politics in, in Canada, but particularly in Ontario, is every Greens uh, or most Green Party members' second choice would be NDP or liberal, seldom if ever conservative. And if you, if you had a ranked ballot provincially, uh, it would mean that people would be more willing. Uh, I'm sure that Rob has heard, I'd love to vote green, but I don't wanna waste my vote. Or people would say uh, to new Democrats, I hate I, I would love to vote New Democrat, but I don't want to waste my vote. Mm. And the reality is 
this is a system that says you don't have to waste your vote. If the strongest candidate is a green candidate or a new Democrat or a liberal or a conservative, you vote for the best candidate, but it allows you to ensure that, uh, that your second most likely candidate has an opportunity, so. Okay, Robert, how about you? You know, I think the larger implications for democracy in Canada are very interesting because, well, we started off the show talking about um, the ability of the province to do this. We didn't mention the legislation, which is through the Municipal, Municipal Elections Act. So technically the power resides with them because constitutionally municipalities are just creatures of the province. However, Doug Ford has meddled in local elections before. Many of your listeners will probably remember that he changed the rules of the game during the election for Toronto City Councilor in 2018 and cut essentially the number of city councillors running in half, which is unconscionable in many, many respects. And in fact, uh, the courts have agreed along the way. And next year, the Supreme Court of Canada will be weighing in on whether or not that was beyond his powers, even though, again, by statute, municipalities are under the subjugation of the province. So mm -hmm. academic question, it's a legal question. Um, and if the court finds um, that that was too much, I'm imagining that they would hear too, because again, this is overruling a referendum, um, which goes against, as Councillor Holland has said very well in the past, fundamental principles of democracy. So. The jury is literally still out. All right, let's hear from Mary Rita. Well, in terms of like the short, the short term, I guess the um, this we still don't know if there will be time allotment dedicated to this um, legislation. So, meaning whether it will be going through a committee process where there'll be lots more discussion and debate from the uh, opposition. I know the opposition MPPs uh, within the NDP are not not supportive of this of any of the legislation because uh, the other component of this supposed economic recovery uh, omnibus bill relates to ensuring that private uh, long-term care facilities are, are not liable for some of the, the tragedy that's taken place during COVID-19. So there's lots in that legislation that uh, is, is worth opposing. And so we'll see that opposition. Um, I think, you know, with continued efforts by groups such as Yes Kingston, uh, we may see some of those those conservative MPPs vote against it as well. That's the hope, uh, or that the government withdraws it altogether. So definitely, there should be a push now uh, in the coming days and weeks to make sure that uh, that those who people in Kingston who felt that this was uh, that this was a uh, a power or an abuse of power and a and a demonstration of disrespect towards the the votes that were that we saw in 2018 supportive of Frank Ballots. All those people and those voices should continue uh, to pressure the provincial government and, and and they have a majority but there is a there's a chance that this legislation won't go through um, and I'm, and certainly there's lots of reasons as we've just talked about why we need to, to see uh, not just the transformation towards ranked balloting, but also um, greater participation in the democratic process and greater awareness. Ooh, sorry, quick afterthought. It's worth noting that all three of the opposition party leaders have come out uh, endorsing the idea of, of giving 
municipalities the power to choose a uh, ranked ballot. So, uh, so that's worth noting. Great. Thank you for that addition. Now, everyone, I wonder what your responses might be to government house leader Paul Calandra's statements that the government prefers that municipalities use their resources to fight the COVID-19 pandemic to, quote, protect small, medium, and large enterprises and job creators in their communities, unquote, instead of spending resources on switching electoral systems. What are your thoughts on Calandra's comments? Maybe, maybe I'll take a kick at the can there because I find that offensive, to be honest with you. The suggestion that there's a trade-off between fighting for small business and fighting for vibrant democracy at the local level is simply not true. When you look at the costs about what rank ballots will actually uh, cost in the end, we're very fortunate that London, City of London, Ontario is already using rank ballots. We can actually uh, see how much it costs them. And taking their experience and estimating it in Kingston, we're looking at maybe $300,000. Actually, city staff in Kingston initially estimated it closer to $200,000. So we're talking a dollar or two at the very most three uh, for every voter. There are about 80,000 voters in Kingston. And that's good money, money well spent for contracted service like the vote tabulators, independent auditors to make sure, especially the first time that we use ranked ballots, that it will go well, election staff, public education. So all things that make a community vibrant, all things that make people want to live in, in, our, in our Kingston. Um, and to contrast that to supporting small businesses is just simply disingenuous because a lot of the people that value and care for our local economy are those same people who voted for a ranked ballot. So the contrast is not right. And in reality, an additional two to three hundred thousand dollars to use ranked ballots instead of first past the post not only is good for the benefits that everyone's talked about today but really compared to the city budget which over a council term is nearing or actually just over two billion dollars it's fractions of a cent on the dollar so it just it's just not a reality uh, and that statement is yeah troubling at best Thank you, Robert, for those comments. Unfortunately, Mary Rita has had to exit our meeting to uh, make her next meeting. But let's hear from Jim next. Yeah, I think I think it's really disingenuous for the for uh, that to be used as an excuse. First of all, London's costs and the timing were uh, they were the only uh, municipality in Canada. And so it was a, uh, a kind of first development of the software. Today, there are a couple of companies that have developed the software and the price has come down uh, substantially as a result of the competition in that. So that, that, that's worth noting. It's also unfortunate that the premier and the government are using their emergency powers for things that are questionable, like the decision to start funding, add additional funding to a particular private school uh, and saying it's in the name somehow of COVID is really, really unfortunate and, and very highly questionable. And I think this is, this is a similar thing. 
Uh, I'm sure that there are a lot of communities uh, where councillors are quite happy uh, with first past the post for a decade or two or three uh, because it gives them, I would say, an advantage uh, in, in, in the electoral system, whereas uh, uh, a ranked ballot is a more democratic approach mm -hmm. and it invites uh, younger, uh, younger candidates, uh, more women, more people of, of visible minority groups to be able to contest with a, a strong opportunity. So, so I think it's, it, it, there's a lot of reasons why we should and hopefully will continue to have that, that as an option. So do you think that COVID-19 has been used inappropriately in this context? I, I think so. And, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's happened at municipal levels as well. Uh, people are given extraordinary powers under emergency, the Emergency Act. And uh, so things get done fairly arbitrarily without uh, the due process of debate and discussion and, and that. Over to you, Robert. What are your thoughts on COVID-19 as a trope, if not a delivery point for this new legislation? Yeah, it's perplexing. I actually, to be honest with you, was quite pleased with the Conservatives' response to COVID thus far. Obviously, there are steps along the way that I didn't like, but this is the first real time they've dropped the ball. Uh, packing ideological legislation in and hoping that people will allow them to get away with it under the cover of a public health emergency. I think it's super disrespectful, especially to frontline workers who need additional support, who have been putting their literal lives on the line across the province um, to have a Trojan horse or an omnibus bill that's happening. Uh, again, all just to push the Conservatives ideology against the democratic wishes of the people of Kingston to make this local. So it's unfortunate that we're even having this conversation. Our city council had been progressively walking towards ranked ballot, responding to residents' strong mandate of electoral reform, um, getting staff the resources they need to get the election ready. And we're still two years out, so I'm hopeful like Mary Rita that this actually won't pass, or at least this part of the le legislation will be taken away. So mm -hmm. I feel is Councillor Neal. Okay, so what can Kingstonians do in the meantime to let their voices be heard on this issue? Proverbial petitions that will be going around we should sign, both online and in person. And uh, we should, I know that we have an MPP who's totally embraced the idea of local democracy and, mm -hmm. and uh, ranked balloting but we should be contacting uh, party leadership of all, all four parties and, and making sure that our, our voices are heard. Okay. Yeah, agreed. And Council and I have a motion on the November 3rd City Council meeting. So the next main City Council meeting after a special meeting tomorrow night on Tuesday night. Um, so November 3rd, we have a motion calling on 
all people and parties at Queen's Park of goodwill to remove this part of uh, the legislation, Bill 218. And also more than that, to work with AMOS, so the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, to bring other communities together. Because while this is insulting and disrespectful to residents who voted in the referendum, and I want to make the point that that's for those who voted for and against. The point is that Kingstonians participated in democratic process, which is now being uh, delegitimated, problematically so. Um, so we're wanting to work with other communities and say, we want this to be an option for you. Some of them were already considering it. I know, for example, the mayor of Cambridge has spoken out against this bill. Obviously, city councillors and our colleagues in London are very disappointed. They were elected by the system. They are proof in the pudding that it is not complicated, that a community can get behind it, and that it yields very good results. And I know we've kind of talked maybe almost theoretically about a few of the, the benefits of First Past the Post, about the diversity and the equity, which are incredibly important. Look to London. Look at the composition of that council and see how that actually happens in real life. Um, so, yeah, and echoing Councillor Neil, excellent MPPP who's pushing this and... Let's make sure that we can have a strong message to the province coming from a, a successful council motion on November 3rd. All right. Anything else to add? No. Nope. Good questions. <laughs> Very good oh. questions. Oh, one more thing, actually. Check out Unlock Democracy. Uh, they've been mentioned once or twice in the conversation. Canadian pushing for ranked ballots across the country. Great. That's a great place for people to find out how ranked ballots work in practice. Thank you to Mary Rita, who's already left the conversation. And thank you, Jim and Robert, for joining us here on Today in YGK, right here on CFRC. Thank you. Thank you. Stay well. <laughs>Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.